Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. was the name of the game on July 6, 1998 or so it was said. Also sounds a little bit like a WCW video game they would release. WCW Panic on the Nintendo 64. But after winning the ratings for a long old time, World Championship Wrestling all of a sudden realised, uh-oh, the WWF is starting to beat us, so we better do something quick. And my word, did they pull quite the dandy out of their pocket. Because their answer was to make Bill Goldberg the WCW World Champion. And everybody was like, yep, yeah, that will do it. Now, while there was a lot of criticism about this, which we will talk about in just one second, I actually applaud WCW for doing this. Because if you rewind to 1997, when they should have done the same thing with Sting, well, I'm sure we'll get to Starcade 1997 at one point. Maybe we already have. I forget what retro ups and downs we've done. But the point is, it absolutely sucks because we didn't pull the trigger. Well, now we were going to pull the trigger. Bill Goldberg was going to beat Hulk Hogan. Bill Goldberg was going to become one of the biggest things in all of professional wrestling. And this was damn important. And again, the right thing to do. This was also done in front of the largest crowd the promotion had ever had. And yes, this is when we get into the whole why the hell didn't they shave it for pay-per-view where they could have made millions of dollars. And my answer to that is always the same. I don't care. I don't work in WCW's financial department. Here we were in the late 90s and I was getting a title change on a Monday night on free TV. I ain't gonna moan. Everything throughout the three hours was done so well too because it was just a loving to Billy Boy Goldberg and just saying, oh, remember how he's never been beaten? Remember how he defeated this guy? Remember how he's the US champion? By the time we got to the main event, everybody was about to explode going, man, if he doesn't win, I think I'm gonna rip my own eyes out. Hogan, to his credit too, went along with all of this and even hit a bunch of leg drops of dooms that couldn't keep Bill down. Although there's also stories that say he knew that Turner executives would be in the building because it was such a big deal and he wanted them to see all the, oh, I can't believe I had such a good time and go, well, Hulk Hogan, he's such a major star. So he's such a politicker, especially because his proviso was, I'm the guy that gets to beat Goldberg and ruin his undefeated streak down the line. I don't know what happened with that because it did not go down. If you're interested as well, there were also original plans before we decided to put the belt on Goldberg that Hulk Hogan was going to feud with Kevin Nash and Bret Hart, but obviously we deleted those. And also, WCW made a ton of money on merchandise and at the live gate, so it's not like they took a bunch of money and just crapped it down the toilet. They were still putting things through the books. The point being, this was not one of the reasons the company died. There were far more other things that would just make you want to punch yourself in the face as to the reason they put their final nail in the coffin. And if you wanted to know what was going on on the other side of the pond, I mean, a lot of good was going down, but also 
<laughs> What's the brawl for all? Ah, crap. Anywho, live from the Georgia Dome in front of basically everybody, it is the Nitro where Bill Goldberg became the man. Let's up those doubts. The opening to this Nitro is amazing. 40,000 people just going ballistic because they know, or at least they assume, what is in store. And yes, straight away, it's like, oh boy, isn't this on pay-per-view? We've done it. We've talked about it. Just enjoy it for what it is. We also get the Nitro Girls dancing too, which is a very odd way or a very odd decision when you are trying to run a wrestling show. Like the opening promo is one thing, but at least we're setting the hook. But when you just get a bunch of females wiggling their tush, well, I don't know about you, but it doesn't really scream professional wrestling. And I know, I know why they were doing it, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. And speaking of the aforementioned opening promo, let's not pretend that in July 1998, the NWO weren't great. They were. They just become a little bit like Metallica's St. Anger's album. You know there's some good in there, but somebody just needs to edit it right down. Case in point. Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff at the start of this flippin' Nitro. Because these two and their cronies are out here and they just go on and on and on because we have a pay-per-view on the Sunday after this as well. So we're talking about Karl Malone and we're talking about Dennis Rodman because yes, it is that one. Then we're talking about DDP and then he mentions Goldberg. And after about five minutes, you're like, can you just get to the point, please? Or can somebody send me this on a memo or a carrier pigeon? Just do any... I don't want to watch it anymore. Hulk also says that he's going to beat up Karl Malone so badly he's never going to be able to play basketball again. I'm like, that is the worst. Worst insult ever. What are you going to do? Chop his arms off. And when he finally does get to Billy Boy, he says, you know what? You've never beaten anybody of note, so you don't deserve to fight me. This was actually a very good point. Goldberg did take on a lot of, well, nobodies. This was just a device in order to give him one last hurdle to overcome. So before he does get to the Hulkster, he's going to have to defeat Scott Hall, which is the most video game thing I've ever heard in my life. And this would have been good if it hadn't gone on for 72 hours. So I take my finger of power and I give it a down. Where is the edit button? Just to pad out Nitro even more, we're then giving away a NASCAR. And I was like, what is going on? We are 20 minutes into this show. Where's my wrestling? So far, we've had dancing ladies, that old guy I remember from WWF, and now, hey, who wants a vehicle? It's me and Gene's like, oh, I'm so excited to give away a car. For goodness sake, Get on with it. Thankfully, we finally do get Booker T versus Dean Malenko for the TV title. And while they deserved way much more time, still actually pretty good. Up. The ending will kill you, though, because, of course, it does finish with a distraction. Like, as soon as Chris Jericho walks out there and starts talking, Dean Malenko, a man who had years and years of experience, is like, oh, I don't know what's going on. So he gets axe kicked by Booker T and he loses for the one, two, three. And I tell you, I was chuckling away. It's like you become a wrestler and all of a sudden you just fall apart the seat. Although this is building to something later. And then we get the first of our, oh, my gosh, Goldberg's in the building as he's doing all of the push-ups. And again, fair play to WCW, they made him come across like a megastar, and then we cut to Carl Malone, and he's all like, oh man, the Dennis Rodman's not here. I was like, all right, Carl, it's only going to be a week, be patient. It's then Raven versus Chris Canyon, and my word, did they pull the short straw down. And why? Well, here's why nonsense finishes. Like, you can always get away with one, but when another match comes right after it, and they basically do the same thing, well, it just irks you. So given this was mid-1998 and Raven's flock was definitely a thing, you just sat there going, well, I know that Raven's flock is definitely a thing, so I presume this is going to end in a no contest. I wonder who's going to run in. And then seconds later, Perry Saturn ran in, and he made all your dreams all nightmares come true. The twist, however, was that Perry Saturn had just been kicked out of Raven's flock, so he went after his former boss 
But this was not his night at all. Because he set Raven up on the table. He went to splash him. This thing does not break at all. And it wouldn't have surprised me if every single bone in his body broke. I mean, it didn't. He was walking around. But my word, it looked like it sucked. It's then Canyon who kind of helps out here because he smashes Perry right in the head with something. I couldn't make out what it was. And I was like, why did he do that? But I guess Perry did cost him his match with Raven. But also, it could just be WCW, and at this time, WCW never made any sense. Buff Bagwell then arrives with Mother Judy, and we've already talked about this on another episode of Ups and Downs. And then the Nitro girls are back, and it is so abundantly clear here, the only reason we keep sticking them in is because somebody decided to have the great idea to extend Nitro to three hours, and we are just trying to fill space. My word, does it just feel overly padded out. This then continues because Karl Malone is back, but this time with DDP, and they're talking about the pay-per-view. And while I understand that you have to sell Bash at the Beach, this just goes to show how bad the pacing was when it came to WCW. We've just gone through skit after skit after skit after skit after skit after skit, and you want some wrestling. Just give me a match here, and then you can cut to Diamond Dallas Page. I don't know why I'm getting so wound up about it. It's like 20 million years old. But still, when I was watching it, I was like, for goodness sake, will you get on with it? And I do believe that's the third time I've said it. I also think at one point, Paige said that come Sunday, he's going to bang Hogan. So do with that what you will. I then regret what I said, because I asked for a wrestling match, and WCW gave me a wrestling match, and it was Scott Putsky versus Riggs. Now, I tried to get into this, but given that 40,000 people did not care... Neither did I. Down. And it is literally mostly there because we do have to put wrestling on a show that's called World Championship Wrestling. And it goes for a few minutes. They don't do much of anything. Scott Putzky then hits his finisher, which is called the Putzky Bomb or the Putzky Driver. I was like, oh my gosh, he hasn't put any thought into this at all. And then he just wins and he leaves. He's waving. I'm like, how did this even exist? Goldberg is then shown again next. And you see him headbutting a locker. And I kind of want to get in a DeLorean and travel back in time and say, Bill, you got to stop doing this. And you absolutely have to stop doing it in 2019. If you ever find yourself in Saudi Arabia, please don't headbutt it. All of this Goldberg stuff then takes another step up because it is revealed his first opponent in order to get through to Hulk Hogan is going to be Scott Hall. And while Scott Hall was suffering with a lot of personal problems here, he was still considered a megastar. So if you wanted to believe that maybe a swerve was coming, WCW wonderfully had planted the seed. So look, they can do it, but sometimes they choose not to. The layout of Nitro is then still all over the place, but at least what came next was good. Because Jericho is back to moan about the fact that at the weekend he is going to have to put his cruiserweight title on the line against Dean Malenko, especially because he recently fought Rey Mysterio and Rey Mysterio had beat him, so surely he should be the number one contender. And I like this, this was good logic. This is all used to set up an angle though, where matchmaker JJ Dillon is like, look, you two are going to fight, but Dean, if you touch Jericho beforehand, I'm going to have to cancel the match. So Chris Jericho, as soon as he hears this, just starts saying the most, well, horrible things about Dean Malenko's family before Dean goes, right, that's it. And he punches him right in the face. Jericho also finds this hilarious. So I do enjoy this plan, especially because he was such a good heel and because Christopher was already in the ring. Why not do a match with Ultimo Dragon? suppose why not i would love to give this up as well because these two fought each other all the time as you can learn from chris jericho's most recent book but i can't because it ends with another stupid finish at least this one does make sense because of course malenko comes back out there to not only get revenge for earlier but also to tell chris jericho you need to shut your face but look at the finishes that we've had here i believe it was dq no contest and now dq and there was a distraction in there 
What is going on with the world? And how the hell has this somehow managed to be a thing in 2021? Because Raw's doing it all the time. Slow down. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Thankfully, somebody then won a match clean. It was, ooh, Chavo Guerrero as well, which is nice because, of course, he's on AEW now. I mean, it only goes two minutes, but take what you can get. Chavo was also great here because he was doing this whole hair gimmick. And given that Eddie Guerrero chopped some of his hair off, he was trying to wear a hard hat as he wrestled. When it fell off, he would just keep his hand on his head. It made me chuckle a little bit. It also pisses him off, so he beats the hell out of opponent Johnny Swinger. And after he's defeated him with a tornado DDT, he gets his barber's scissors and he does indeed cut some of Johnny Swinger's hair off. Now, he only takes off like a strand. I'm like, dude, if you're going to do this persona, surely you have to go all in? Chavo Guerrero is a very underrated talent, and you can already see that here. Alex Wright was then out, and I genuinely think that Alex Wright may be one of the best professional wrestlers that we never talk about anymore. And for that reason alone, I'm giving him it up. And that's right, just for him, because it's been over 20 years, and I still don't know what his deal was. It was just I'm from Germany, I like the discotheque, I like dancing, so therefore, I'll become a professional wrestler. Yep, why the hell not? He is teaming with Disco Inferno to take on the public enemy. But of course, Disco Inferno had exactly the same gimmick. So this entire segment is all focused on dancing, especially because a stalker known as Tokyo Magnum was also dancing with them, even though Alex Wright and Disco Inferno didn't want he to dance with them. It's all very confusing. I also think they were called the Dancing Fools, and this is all real stuff that happened. And as always, by the time we get to the finish of this, 
It's just like, what is going on? Have I transported myself to an alien planet and I don't understand these crazy, crazy concepts? Because somebody else is going to have to tell me. The public enemy stack up their tables like they always used to do. They absolutely loved it. And because they can't get Alex Wright or Disco Inferno, they grab Tokyo Magnum, who nobody likes, and they put him through the table. The referee is absolutely baffled by this, and this allows Wright and Disco to then get a bunch of trash cans and attack the public enemy, and the ref then stands there for about an hour, going, uh, 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 before going, I guess, disqualification. I'm like, I don't know, you tell me. So don't even try to figure it out, don't even bother, because this is WTW, where they once booked a no disqualification match, and have a guess how it ended. That's right, in a disqualification. Basically, at some point, they just gave up caring, and when the actual people pulling the strings give up caring once more, who's going to care even less? That would be me, and it's getting a down. So Alex Wright, you still kick ass. WCW then took everything I just said, and they went, more WCW, and you never want to go more WCW. For you see, they had just decided that swerving the audience was the way, and this would get even worse 12 months later when Vince Russo joined them. But Buff Bagwell comes out to cut a promo here with Mother Judy, and because he had suffered a very real neck injury, the fans actually like him. They've got signs, they're chanting, Buff, when he cuts his promo, comes across as very genuine, and you're like, wow, we've got something here, he could be a mega baby face. And within about four weeks of him coming back, they returned him heel. I mean, all they had to do was open their ears and listen to what the fans were saying, but instead they went, well, I don't really think they know what they're talking about. Why don't we hang his mum from a forklift and do a match like that instead? This is why WCW died. Really, really, really stupid ideas. At the time on this night, I bet it was good though. And even tells tag team partner Scott Steiner, oh, we can't do it anymore because I've got to be a good guy. And then we took all of it and flushed it down the toilet because we got to surprise the fan. No, we don't. Then shit gets good. Because Goldberg is finally out in front of the live fans. And while it's so easy to get this in 2021, because he does divide opinion, in the late 90s, there was nobody more popular, maybe except for Stone Cold Steve Austin. As soon as they hear the music, it's like, oh, here he comes, here he comes. Somebody in the crowd is actually jumping. And when he does walk through his weird fire stuff, man, they're losing their minds. All of this actually helped the situation too, because remember, Hulk Hogan had gone, well, Goldberg's never defeated anybody of note. And given that he was about to defeat Scott Hall, it just made you root for Goldberg even more. And it made you think Hulk Hogan was an absolute dick. There's so much noise for Billy Boy too. WCW could have done anything here. They would have got away with it, but they keep it simple. I mean, him and Scott Hall have a little bit of a match, but eventually he gets speared. Eventually he gets jacked hammer once again, the sheer decibels as Scott Hall goes up there. And when Goldberg does get the one, two, three, you get that warm, excited feeling deep down in your tum-tum. So like, oh my gosh, all my dreams are going to come true. Maybe WCW is finally going to give it to me. And thankfully on this occasion, they absolutely did. WCW even used this to build to their pay-per-view that I keep mentioning because Carl Malone and DDP were back to stop the NWO for doing any other shenanigans. So look at this. Look at the wonderful box we created, which just makes all the other shite even more baffling. Then instantly, the Nitro Girls were back. <laughs> just make it two hours. We then had a very timely match given what happened on AEW Dynamite this week because it was Hugh to Guerrero versus Psychosis reminding you that WCW's mid-card was essentially propping up the entire company. 
it needs way more time because they have to do the whole thing in fast forward but it is one of those matches where you can see the future of professional wrestling coming together in front of your eyes because it's just dive and big move and Hoovy wins it after the 450 splash now today most people go well that's pretty impressive but in 1998 this was the equivalent of voodoo the flock running afterwards to beat up the juice because he is going to be taking on Reese at the pay-per-view on Sunday and I was like what a slap in the face. Why was WCW able to be reserved here, but for every other single match, there was a run-in halfway through? See, it's just perplexing. It was then the Giant versus Jim Duggan. And I read about it, and I read about it, and I looked up about it, and I can't tell you why this happened. And the Giant Paul White then just gives him a chokeslam and pins him. And I was like, I actually think we only did that because once again, the show is three hours down. I mean, I really have had more productive trips to the toilet, and I suppose it was for the post angle, because WCW was just obsessed with sports stars. So out came ex-NFL player Kevin Green. He spits in the Giants' face. I'm like, am I meant to like you? And then after the Giant goes to get him, he moves out of the way, and Green clotheslines him over the top rope. I can't even remember what happened with these two. I should have Googled it, but I'll level with you. I didn't. It's kind of the same with DDP versus Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Of course, DDP is with Karl Malone again. I mean, these two, for goodness sake, were just trying to sell pay-per-views. But he hits the diamond cutter. He wins. The fans go real excited like. Can't really get mad at it. So I'll give it an up. But I don't even know. Mid-1998 was also a time where WCW kind of didn't know what to do with Sting. He was in the NWO Wolfpack here, the red and black attack because one New World Order wasn't enough, and was hanging out with the likes of Lex Luger, Conan, and Kevin Nash. But there was always something that made you go, huh, what, I don't understand what's going on. Because even though he was tag team champions with Kevin Nash here, in this match, he's teaming with Luger. I mean, that is just a puzzle I can't figure out. Given that they're taking on Kidman and Sick Boy as well, this goes... 10 seconds, no words of a lie. You see the scorpion death drop, you see the torture act, somebody that gets pinned or tapped out, who the hell cares, it doesn't matter. So they come out going, don't turn your back on the wolf pack. They win and they go, don't turn your back on the wolf pack and they leave. The whole thing must be two minutes just to put them on the show. And it didn't make them feel like bigger stars, but I suppose the live fans were really happy. It's just so, so, so damn strange. It really doesn't matter though, because if you are watching this Nitro in the modern day, you're only doing it for one thing, which of course is Goldberg winning the WCW World Championship, and I tell you, it doesn't matter how old it is now, this is one of those terrific moments that if you do consider yourself a wrestling fan, you need to sit your ass down and watch. It will just make you feel so good about life because there's so much energy, and it proves that once again, sometimes you don't have to do anything in a match, because Goldberg and Hogan, they don't do much of anything, but if you've got this aura and this atmosphere oh man the magic is real and that's why it doesn't just get it up but gets a golden up so yeah i don't even need to tell you about the fight at all i mean hogan whips goldberg with his weightlifting belt for a while because that's what he did back then and he continues to drop leg drop after leg drop after leg drop and bill goldberg keeps kicking out so you're like oh my gosh this man is a monster I'm going to cheer him because he comes across like a badass. And once again, what a concept that is. Bill sells all this too like he's having a massage, like nothing can even penetrate his strong force field. And of course, Mr. Perfect or Kurt Henning comes out at one point, then Karl Malone is back. (laughs) 
to give him the diamond cutter, but this is just so Hulk Hogan isn't looking at Bill. So when he does turn around, he gets speared, and once again, the eruption of noise, it is wonderful. It gets even louder when he hoists Hollywood up for the jackhammer, and Bobby the Brain Heenan on commentary here has to be given some kind of all-time award. He makes this feel like we're all about to win the lottery and like it's the most special event and you're lucky to be a part of it. And he's not wrong either. As soon as the referee does go three and we have a new WCW champion, literally 40,000 people are jumping around. I couldn't find one person who wasn't as happy as Larry. And sure, yes, in around about six months' time, we were going to completely screw all that up, but we don't need to talk about it here and we just need to remind ourselves in the summer of 1998, WCW had something... They just didn't really know how to elongate it to stop their company from dying. Forget it though, forget it. During this period, Bill Goldberg was the absolute man. And I kind of transported myself back to being a little kid. He'd be like, it's the best thing ever. And of course he is my dad. Truly, truly tremendous. Which is why when you do talk about the show overall, I'm going to give it an up. Sometimes it is about the destination rather than the journey. And this was a perfect example of just that. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.